discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. Father, we give you glory. Father, we give you praise. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your precious Holy Spirit. Thank you for grace, Lord. We are grateful and we are thankful. Thank you for sending your son to die on the cross of Calvary for us. Thank you for the blood that is better than the blood of goats and bulls. Thank you, Lord, for redemption. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, for the remission of sins. We are grateful, we are thankful. Thank you for making us new creations, new creatures altogether. Thank you so much for giving us your life, for giving us your life, Lord. We are grateful and we are thankful. Thank you so much for your word that you have left with us and your precious Holy Spirit whom you have given to us to raise us through your word. Thank you that we are raised and trained and we do mighty things in the earth to your glory and to your praise. Thank you that before we meet you, we accomplish our purpose, all that you have sent us to do here on earth. Even in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Wow. 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 It's good to see you. It's good to be back. There's no place like home. It's no matter where you are in the world. You always there's always uh, a feeling of loneliness if you like, as a feeling, you know, that lets you know that this is not where you, you are supposed to be. You are supposed to be somewhere else. Hallelujah. It's good to be back. I bring you greetings from South Africa and from, from everybody there. Very nice place. I think everybody should visit and see how lovely the place is. It's a very beautiful place. Ghana is nice, but hallelujah. You may take your seats in the heavenly places. Yes, it's good to be back. It's good to be back. I want to share some few things briefly with you. And then we'll be out of here. Hallelujah. Are you glad to be here? Wow. All right. Are you ready? Ready, ready, ready. You know, from Sunday when I started sharing, I shared about how, how powerful we are and how God lives in us and how that God is not sitting somewhere you know when we normally mention that 
God is, God is in me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. We have this in mind. That he's, uh, probably we are in the same room. Our spirit is a room. Or rather our bodies. Because the Bible mentions that. No, you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you. So we imagine this, that we are the temple. Like this church. And uh, God or the Holy Spirit. God is, the, the Holy Spirit is God, right? So God is sitting inside the building and we are the building. Or even that is a better picture. Sometimes we also see ourselves to be sitting somewhere inside the, the Spirit and the Holy Spirit is also somewhere or God is also sitting somewhere by us. And we, we have conversations every now and then, especially when you are good. When you are good, you have a very good conversation with God. When you are not that good, God doesn't really talk to you much. You are loggerheads. You are walking in the room. You'll be shouldering each other as you pass, pass by each other. But you've not really, you're not really friends. Hallelujah. It's a thought in our minds. Okay, but that is not the truth. That is far from the truth. I remember mentioning a scripture in First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17, right? It says, He that is joined to the Lord... But he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. He that is joined to the Lord, but he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. We have become one spirit. We are mingled with God. And we have become one with him. Jesus said, I and my father are one. We can say the same thing now, that I and my father are one. Because just as Jesus was, so are we now in this world. Hallelujah. The Bible mentions that the confidence that you have in life, in the crisis of life, is based on this particular reality, the consciousness of this reality. If you are going to be able to live the way God has designed for you to live, it's dependent on your consciousness of this particular reality. The fact that God is in me. The fact that I am one with God. The fact that you are God in the earth, actually. Hallelujah. I remember mentioning that if a dog gives birth, does it give birth to? You all said you give birth to a dog. If a cat gives birth, what does it give birth to? You all said you give birth to, he gives birth to a cat. You know, is it true? Yeah. So if God also gives birth, what do you think he gives birth to? He will give birth to a God, isn't it? Yeah. So we are God's. We have expression of God in the earth. That is what we are. And sometimes you look at your life and you realize that your life is a far cry away from what God has said concerning you. You look at your life, you look at what the word of God says concerning you, and you realize it's like you are like that man who forgets himself, that man who is a forgetful here. You've forgotten who, what kind of a person you are, and you are living um, the life that you know from your parents and that you know from your environment and that you know from wherever you were born and however you were raised and uh, whatever you came in contact with before you got born again. Most of us are still living an old life even though we are new creations. Hallelujah. Living old lives even though we are new creations. And the problem is with what you are seeing. That was why I spoke about the spirit. What are you looking at? 
what is your consideration? Your consideration in life is very important. You can be considering the flesh or you can be considering the spirit. The more you consider the flesh, the more you walk in the flesh. The more you consider the spirit, the more you walk in the spirit. It's not a choice. There's nothing like, you know, my wife always says this thing, that there's nothing like, uh, I, can't, I can't stop this or I can't stop myself from doing this. There's nothing like that, really. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God has given us a life of success. And we must not live anything short, a life short of it. You must insist on a continuous life of success. Continuous life of glory. Irrespective of what your environment is. Okay? Irrespective of what your environment is. There's this movie that uh, has been around for some time, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. It's an old movie, but they've done a, I think they called it Mirror on the Wall or so. Uh, Julia Roberts was the killer. I don't know how to, how to call her else, what else to call her. But she was a killer. There was this prince in there who was the one who came to kiss Snow White when Snow White was whatever. You know, the guy was a prince, but um, he found himself amongst dwarfs and found himself in a place that was not princely at all. But he was behaving as a prince. Why? Because he was raised as a prince and he knows he's a prince. So irrespective of his environment, his environment doesn't destroy what he knows. His environment doesn't make any difference because of what he, he, I, he knows he's a prince. He knows he's a son of a king. And so no matter what is happening around, he still, he still moves and talks and thinks as he is. So what we are talking about has nothing to do with the environment now. You don't wait till you have a million dollars before you realize that prosperity is yours. You don't wait till your health is impeccable before you say that health is mine. You don't wait till uh, you have overcome all your addictions. Do you understand? All the, it's like all the addictions are gone. Then you realize that, wow, really, I'm this. Irrespective of your environment. Don't look at your environment. Don't look at what you're seeing. The Bible mentions that while we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. If you look at what you are, you are seeing around you, you will not become what God wants you to become, or you will not live the life that God wants you to live. Do you understand? So Christianity is living in two worlds, actually. Actually, we are born into the Spirit. Okay? The day you go born again, you are born into the Spirit. That is why nothing physical happened to you in terms of your height, your color, your voice, your body type, or your, your, your weight. Your weight did not increase by a kilogram or reduce by two kilograms. If the born again experience was what brings reduction in size, it would have been a very serious recommendation for a lot of people. We wouldn't have to be talking much, isn't it? I mean, people will get born again over and over and over again. It's like when you become born again, you lose five, let's say 20 kilos. Hey! To be a very critical thing. It's a spiritual thing. It's not physical. It's, it's a spiritual thing. Hallelujah. That's why Jesus said, except, that, except a man be born of water and of the, of, of the spirit, he cannot see the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. It's a spiritual thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our birth is spiritual. And we are born into a spiritual kingdom. Do you see? 
It's a spiritual kingdom. It's not a physical kingdom. So the day you became born again, you were brought into the spirit. And you, don't, you didn't fall out as a result of something you did. Whether you believe it or not, you are in the spirit. And you are always in the spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, there's a scripture in Revelation chapter 1. Let me show it to you. Revelation chapter 1. Let's read. From verse 10. Let me read from verse 9 so that it makes more sense. Revelation 1 9. I, John, who also am your younger brother, am your, am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Then it says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice of a trumpet. Question, where was John before this particular verse? Where? He was on the island of Patmos. So how did he enter the spirit? You know, sometimes you say, I'm entering the spirit. In the realm of the spirit, I can see. The question I'm asking is not with respect to his location. You see, he says, I was in the spirit on the last day. So prior to the last day, where was he? We know he was on the island of Patmos. He just told us. That's not what I'm asking. But where was he prior to entering the spirit? Anybody? It's not a rhetorical question, actually. It's, it's, it's a question question. It's a real question. Where was John? John was in the spirit. John was in the spirit. Hallelujah. So wherever you are, because you've been born into a spiritual kingdom. Now how can you be born again and not think that you are in the spirit? I don't understand why you think that you have to do something to enter the spirit. And do another thing to exit the spirit. So in your mind you enter and exit the spirit on the Lord's day on Sunday mornings. Or on Wednesday evenings. Even that one, you don't think like, you don't, when we are praying and you have a certain physical uh, evidence, like you are praying, then you just move. Then you are in the spirit. And you are like, hey, I'm in the spirit. It's nothing like that. If you think like that, you will never ever have any experience with God. Your experiences with God will be once in a very long time. God will be an afterthought in your life. Because in your mind, as you are walking around, you are, you are just walking, walking on campus, or walking at Kote or Apiudu uh, or wherever. That's your mind. You only enter, so sometimes when, when trouble is coming, then you start speaking in tongues. So that you can enter the spirit and make a certain change. And we don't know when that change is going to show up physically. When the trouble is already there. We don't enter the spirit and come back. After some, it's, it's, it's an expression of what happened. His eyes were open to see things that were happening spiritually. Do you understand? But it doesn't mean that he was not in the spirit. This is John the Divine. How can you say John the Divine was in the flesh? Do you know who this person was? This John. John the Divine. He was so divine that they called him divine. Yes, he so contemplated. Uh, his, his godhood or his God consciousness to the point that they called him divine 
And God used him as, as a means of letting the emperor of the day know that he's nothing. He's a guy they tried to behead and it didn't work. Because his time was not up. Have you ever heard of Jesus being... Um, they, they tried to push him off a cliff. The Bible says that he was not. He was not there any longer. He went through them. I mean, how can you go through a mob just like that? You see? He was divine, so he could, he could do anything. He could not die until he was made sin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. In Romans chapter 8, verse 9, he says, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. He says, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. I am in the spirit. See, I'm in the, I'm in the spirit. Says, but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you, does the spirit of God dwell in you? Does the spirit of God dwell in you? If the spirit of God dwells in you, you see, how did we become doctors? How did we become lawyers? How did we become engineers? How did we become uh, whatever it is that you are or you are attempting to be? You were thought that this is this and this is that, and you believed it, isn't it? And you became what you believed. Your confidence grew with practice. With the more you practice, the more confident you became, and the more results you produced. That's how it is. Spiritual education is the same way. We are not trying to make you something you are not. We are educating you concerning what you are. Hallelujah. It's very important. And your thinking makes all the difference. What you think makes all the difference. What you think makes all the difference. So I'm in the spirit every day. Okay? Think like that. It will, it will minimize your, your foolishness and your stupidity. It will. Because you think you are in the flesh. And you think you are on this plane of life. You are, your, your character and your attitude is controlled only on the compound. We went to a certain church in Nigeria some time ago. And someone told us that. As for this place, the people are only Christians inside the building. When they exit the building, forget it. And we saw it live, live and colored. I mean, they will sort you everything outside. But when they enter this, everybody is very spiritual inside the building. But some people are not even shy inside the building. They still fight. Yes, I saw, I saw two people fighting in the building, actually. They were fight over a seat. Yes, we were fighting. Who do you think you are? I came before you. Come on, get off the seat. You see, because in their minds, in their minds, they are, they are not in the spirit. They are relating on a normal platform, on a normal day, in a normal whatever. But it goes way beyond that. Your results will be minimal if you think like that. But ye are not in the flesh. Say, I'm not in the flesh. But in the spirit. Yeah. But in the spirit. If so be, if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. So you remember we read 1 Corinthians chapter 6. We read verse 17, right? Prior to that, there are some verses before that. He says, what 
Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Don't you know? Because they didn't know, they had forgotten. He had taught them, but they had forgotten. He says, don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you? Whom you have received of God? You are not of your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body and with your spirit, which are God's. He says, don't you know what? That, that, was, that, was, that was what he said. Go, go to that place. First Corinthians chapter 6. I believe the verses before that particular se- verse 17. Verse what? Verse 19. He says, what? Say what? 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 Like, are you serious? Don't you know? Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you? So there's no place for thinking that, oh, maybe he comes into me, inside me, on certain occasions. When I'm a good guy. When everything is on point. He says, don't you know? Ask your neighbor, don't you know? It's like, you, you have, you have, you have, you have uh, uh, one million dollars inside your account. Or even inside your, the briefcase you are holding. And you are moving around looking for money. You are looking for one CD. And you come to somebody who knows that the bag has money inside. The bag you are holding has money inside. He says, ah, what is wrong with you? Don't you know that you have, you have the money? You have one million dollars. Why are you looking for one Ghana CD? That's the same thing he's saying here. What, don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? Which is in you. Whom you have of God. And you are not your own. says, but you are, not in the, you are not of the flesh. You are not in the flesh. But you are in the spirit. If it be that the Holy Ghost dwells in you. The other place is, don't you know that the Holy Ghost dwells in you? If the Holy Ghost dwells in you, then you cannot be of the flesh. We are not of the flesh. We don't originate of the flesh. Therefore, we don't live outside the flesh. We always live in the spirit. But you can walk after the spirit or walk after the flesh. That has to do with your manner of life. That has to do with your, your conversation or your life. Hmm? When they say conversation in the, in the King James, it's, it's talking about your, your walk, your life. Is that, that one is a choice. Is that to you? Is that to you? He says, if you walk after the flesh, you shall surely die. You shall surely die. It's dangerous walking after the flesh. Hmm? It's dangerous. A lot of people... Oh, let's just be happy. Let's just do what we want to do. You don't know the consequences of the foolish things that you are allowing yourselves, yourself to go along. You don't know the end. If you knew, you'd have changed your mind long ago and decided to walk in the spirit. But because you don't know, you walk in the flesh. Even though you are in the spirit, you walk after the flesh. He didn't say you walk in the, in the flesh. We can examine it and you see what I'm talking about. He says, if, this is Romans 8, 13, if you live after the flesh, ye shall die. Do you see that? So it's costly to walk after the flesh. Or live after the flesh. He doesn't talk about, about us living in the flesh. He talks about after, living after the flesh. Okay? Living after the flesh or living after the spirit. That one is a choice. But with respect to your location, your actual location, where you are, you are always in the spirit. You don't move out of the spirit. You are always in the spirit. Always. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I was in the spirit in the last day. I was in the spirit in the last day. I live in the spirit. Say it again. I live in the spirit. I live in the spirit. Every single day of my life. I live in the spirit. 
That is my location. That is my location. Yeah. That is my location. My 24 hour, 7 days a week, 52 weeks a year location. That's my location. In the spirit. I'm in the spirit. Always in the Holy Ghost. Always in the spirit. Always. Always. I think that's a good thing, isn't it? It helps your thought processes and helps your behavior, your actions. These things are real. Okay? The Bible says, let God be true and let man be a liar. It's either God is telling the truth or we are lying. It's either Jesus told the truth or he was lying. It's one of two things. It's either he was telling the truth to us or he was lying to us. In John 3.16, Jesus said that for God so loved the world, that is why he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. Should have eternal life. Should have eternal life. Meaning that you have eternal life. What makes God God is in there. Whether you believe it or not, it's there. You can appear in heaven on one day and realize that you lived below the life that God has desired for you to live. <laughs> huh? you, can, you, can, you can appear in heaven one day and realize that you lived below the life that God had designed for you or you lived the life that God had designed for you. God in his own wisdom has designed a life for you to live. A glorious life. A life of constant victory. Constant victory. Constant success. Nothing short of that. Yeah, I don't care what has happened in your past. I'm, I'm telling you this now. Constant victory. Constant success. Constant glory. Constant power. That's the life God has designed for you. Now, as it's a choice as to how you're going to live your life. Yes. It's a choice. That's what I was saying to you on Sunday. Insist on it. Jesus did all these things. Insist on it. Insist on going the way God wants you to go. Do you see? Today I want to share with you something very important that can help you walk in the Spirit. Or rather, walk after the Spirit. Hallelujah. Very, very, the most important element to walking after the Spirit. The most important element. That's what I want to share with you. And enjoy. You see, walking in the Spirit is what assures you of a, const, a life a constant life of success a constant life of glory okay where you win every time you win don't you like that do you know the feeling of being first in your class every day there was a, there was a girl in my class my class was always taught by a girl when I was in from, she was in a school when I was in class 2 to GSS 3 and she taught from class 2 to GSS 3 she was first every time. She was tired of being first. <laughs> Nobody beat her. Not even one term. I always wondered how she felt being first. You know who I'm talking about? Retampao. You remember? Yeah. You say I'm power, I'm Pierre, or something like that. Her name. Very interesting name. First every time. How many of you would want to be first every time? First every time. Winning every time. Winning every day. <laughs> winning every time. Winning every day. Irrespective of where you are. What is happening. 
every day is Christmas. Every day is birthday. Every day is what else? What? New Year. Every day is our day. Constant our day. Constant. It's, it's possible. That's the life God has given to us. If you read in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, okay, and you read in the Amplified, the Bible mentions it. Good path. Living the good life which God has predestinated. This is how God has not predestinated and designed a, a day of mourning for you. Even the evil day, okay, will mean nothing when you're walking after the Spirit. It will mean, that's why people like Bishop Hedipo can say that, I don't know, I've never had a bad day in my life. If it happened, I didn't realize it. That's what he will tell you. If it happened, I, I, I don't remember it. Even when they didn't have enough food to eat. Even when they didn't have enough food to eat. There was nothing at home. He will still be giving glory to God. <laughs> he will still be always giving glory to God. The life has nothing to do with your circumstances. It is what changes your circumstances. When you realize and make it a reality in your life, from that time onwards, you can only live upward and forward only. Yes. Only upward and forward only. Irrespective of what is happening around you. You always be full of joy. Always be full of joy. Remember, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink only. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. But the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. If you are not in any of these three, or walking in these three, you are not, you are, you are not walking in the kingdom. You are walking somewhere else. The kingdom is not some, you don't come there and leave at certain points. We stay in the kingdom. We have been catapulted from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And that's where we live. That's in Romans chapter 14, yeah, verse 7. For, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's not about food and drink. Eat not. Drink not. Don't do this. The kingdom of God is actually about these three things. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Joy in the Holy Ghost. Irrespective of what is happening. Irrespective of the problems that come your way. <laughs> joy, constant joy. Irrespective of the troubles that come. Constant joy. Constant joy. It's not that we don't see the trouble. We see the trouble, but the trouble brings joy. <laughs> Jesus never promised a life without trouble. He did. He promised a life of trouble. There are troubles in this world. There are troubles in this life. But makes no difference. Our path is just one. Upwards and forwards only. Irrespective of what's going on. That is why Paul, you see, Paul said, I will glory in my infirmities. That was what Paul said. He says, I will glory. That's in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And chapter 12, rather. He says, I, I take pleasure in infirmities. Troubles. There were troubles on every side. But it, they couldn't touch the life that he had. Paul never sat down once to cry. Never. Do you know the troubles Paul faced? You have not faced half of it. Half is too much. You have not faced a quarter of it. One percent. Says, who is hungry and you have not been hungry? Who is destitute? What are you talking about? Says, as poor, yet making many rich. A night and a day have I spent in the deep. Yes. That's what Paul said. 
These days you have Christians, small thing, nah, they want to give up. Small thing. They start threatening God with, 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 with things, with scriptures. Those who know the West start using the word of God to threaten God. <laughs> Do something before you die. <laughs> what a shock. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I take pleasure in my infirmities. That's in 2 Corinthians 12, actually. Verse 9 and verse 10. Yeah. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. You can project that one. Hallelujah. No matter what is going on. No matter what is happening. No matter what is going on. No matter what is happening. Whether your family is not going, or your mother is not fine, whatever is not fine, full of joy. Nothing is able to get to get to you. You understand? Yeah. Yeah. Because of the condition of your heart, you journey through life with joy, success, continuously. Because it's a success that there are troubles around you, but they are not touching you. You are a success. You are a real success. When everybody is crying, you, are, you can't cry. You want to cry, but it's not working. You can't cry. Because of the condition of your spirit. The condition of your heart. You've conditioned your, your spirit with the word. So you can't be sad. Your actions are the actions of the word. Your reactions are the reaction, reactions of the word. He said unto me, this Second Corinthians 12, 9. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Can you imagine? He says, I will glory in my infirmities. The, the troubles I have, when they come, I will glory in them. I will not talk about them crying. I will talk about them laughing. They try to suck me from, from work. Or they suck me from work. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. They don't know what they have done. They have sucked their best worker. Not, I don't know, pastor. I, I, <laughs> pastor, the boss say, Kalabashola, Ragasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasas
No matter your circumstance, you have to believe in God's word. Yeah. You see? Because most of us allow circumstances to run our lives. You allow circumstances to run your life. Yeah, and that's terrible. That's terrible. It will dictate the pace of your joy. And it dictate the pace of your, your excitement in life. So it's whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Are you born of God? Yeah. Have you done this? Yeah. Have you believed in Jesus Christ? Yeah. Have you believed that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Yeah. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is the anointed one of God and the anointing. He says he is born of God. So I am born of God. See, I'm born of God. And everyone that loveth him, that begat, loveth him also, that is begotten of him. Did you hear that? It says, and everyone, go back to verse 1, and everyone that loveth him that begat, loveth him also that is begotten of him. Meaning that you can't say you love Jesus and not love your brother. There's something wrong with your brain if you do that. You can't say you love Jesus and you can't love your neighbor. Or love a child of God, a fellow child of God. And forgive a child of God. And say, it's okay, let's continue our lives with, with everything being fine. A lot of people say that, I've forgiven you, but I've not forgotten. If you've not forgotten, then I can't relate with you anymore. That's what it means. I can't relate with you anymore. And brethren cannot dwell in unity with that. If you have that, that nobody can dwell in unity. If we had that with God, we wouldn't be with God. Not at all. He says, the one who says that, everyone that loved him that... Begat, loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God. How is it? When we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not grievous. Verse 4 is what I really want you to see. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Are you born of God? Are you born of God? Meaning that no matter what the, the, the world throws at you, listen, this is a, it's a statement of fact. Do you understand? If I say, uh, I forgot your name, forgive me. Faustina. Priscilla, rather. Priscilla is a girl. Come. Priscilla is a girl. Do you have any shadow of doubt? Does she have breasts? Does she have breasts? Does she have hips? Does she have bottoms? You want me to turn her around, any? I should forget that one. You are you away? <laughs> she has braids. She has earrings. Is she not pretty? Do you have any shadow of doubt about it? Do you need further examination to check? Further examination to check whether she's a girl. Oh, if you want further examination, you can do further examination. So when we say Priscilla is a girl, it's a fact. It's a statement of fact. You don't think about it. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. It's a statement of fact. Yeah, it's a statement of fact. No questions about it. The microphone aids you to speak to a larger crowd. Do you need to? How, how ambiguous can this statement be? 
it's not a suggestion, isn't it? It's a statement of fact. It's, he's telling you what it is. Do you believe what God is saying? Do you believe what God is saying? He says, whatsoever is born of God, overcometh the world. Whatsoever is born of God, overcometh the world. You see, you, 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 you really like this. Whatsoever is born of God, tries to overcome the world, does various things to overcome the world, is trying its might to overcome the world, maybe overcome the world, depending on circumstances that are going on in the world. That's what you think. That's what a lot of Christians think. You see, because they don't take the word of God as it is. This is it. There's nothing else. Your thought processes are defeating the word of God in your life. He says, you have made the word of God of non-effect because and by your traditions, what you've been thinking since you were a child and what you've been experiencing around you. That's what you think. As long as you think like that, you will never have success. Success will elude you. A lot of us, for, for most of us, you can be preaching the word of God and not believe it. You can be preaching the word of God and not believe it. Listen to what I'm saying, but don't look at me. Have you heard it before? You're a signboard. I'm saying something, I'm directing you, but don't come, don't come where I am. Go where I'm telling you to go. That's why you be a poor preacher. And that's why you be a preacher who will never succeed in life. I don't want to be like that. I, don't, I made a decision some time ago in my life that I will not preach something I don't believe. I will not teach somebody what I'm not convinced and convicted about. If I'm not convinced about it, I will not talk about it. Yeah. I don't want to be tagged a fake prophet. I don't want to be tagged uh, a pastor who does not get results. No. It's either I believe in it or I don't believe in it. And I've made a choice to believe in it. Yes, I've made a choice to believe in it. I'm not sharing something with you that I don't believe in. I'm sharing what I believe in. Do you understand? You know, most of us left various churches to be where we are now. Most of us left those places because you couldn't see any result. You couldn't see. The building was there. The people were there. But you couldn't see the power of God. The power of God was not in the word. Because, not because the word of God is not full of power. The Bible mentions how the, the word of God is full of power. It's full of power. It's about the word of God on dead lips. If it's on dead lips, it will not be full of power. The word of God on dead lips is a dead word. The word of God on the mouth, on the lips of power, is full of power. That's how it works. The Pharisees knew the word of God. Do you know the Pharisees knew the word of God? They knew it. Jesus said that, listen, the Pharisees sit in the seat of Moses. Therefore, whatever they bid you to do, do. But don't do after what they do. That's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 22. He told them, the, the Pharisees, they sit, the Pharisees and the scribes, they sit in the seat of Moses. They sit in Moses' seat, meaning that they know the, they know the scriptures. They know the scriptures, but it is, not, it is of no power to them. Why? Because of their traditions. What is tradition? When I say traditions, you are thinking of uh, Abuatric Festival. <laughs> we are thinking of Abuatric Festival. We are thinking of Homo Walk. You are thinking of music and dance. Or you are thinking of Udra. Or you are thinking of which, other, which, Nigerian, which Nigerian culture or tradition is, is, is there that we know of? 
tell me some. I want because I want you to know what I'm talking about. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Any any Nigerian? Sorry, New Yam Festival. That's what you're thinking about. New Yam Festival. The Oba Oba of of Edo State is doing something like uh, they are doing. So if we say tradition, you have made the word of God of non effect because of your tradition. That's that's the first thing you think about. Then you say, oh, me, I don't have tradition. I don't have any tradition. <laughs> because you've never gone to your hometown before. <laughs> That's all we are talking about. The, the word of God can be rendered useless by virtue of your thoughts, your thought processes, what you think. Oh, this one is not true. It's, maybe it's true in somebody else's case. Yeah, those who read the Bible with their grandmothers in mind. Some people read the Bible with their grandmother in mind, or they read the Bible with their cousin in mind, or they read the Bible with who? This is not for me. It's either you believe it or you don't believe it. You, I wish my sister was here. You are not, we are not talking, we are talking to you. To you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. For whatsoever is born of God, overcome at the world so if i were you i'll stop there and believe that and say that i overcome the world i overcome the world i believe it i overcome the world no matter what's going on i overcome the world but god even helps us even some more by going on to explain what he's talking about so there's a colon there there's a colon there have you seen it what does a colon when you when you're writing you introduce a colon what does it mean you know when you start that you're writing you see, for example, then you put, is it a colon or a semicolon? You put a semicolon there. Then you start stating the examples. The examples you are stating are actually examples of the, for example, that you wrote, isn't it? So whatever comes up after the semicolon or the colon explains what was before, the statement that was there before, expands it for you. Do you see? I see what I'm talking about. So whatever I'm going to say after is an explanation of what he's saying in the, verse, in the one before. For whatever is born of God, overcome the world. Overcome the world. It's a statement of fact. Overcome the world. If I'm born of God, for all the person needs to have to overcome the That is why we preach the gospel. The reason for us preaching the gospel is because we know that the gospel helps people to overcome the world. The way for the world to change is not by building roads. That is why I could have chosen to be a road builder. Okay? I could have chosen to be a road builder or uh, a philanthropist or something because i care i care about people don't you care about people don't you care about people i care about people but i chose to be a preacher and god called me to be a preacher because that is the that is the biggest way that someone can make a change in someone's life that's why when jesus came he didn't he didn't build houses he didn't build car he didn't buy cars he didn't do any of those things he he, did, he just preached and gave his life because his life is more important than the cars, the houses, and all those things. He did the one single most important thing. I see it. That's why preaching the gospel is so important. As we preach the gospel, we change a man's life. We change a man's world. When I give someone access to the gospel, his life can be transformed forever. Both physically, here on this earth, and spiritually, there in heaven. Changed forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
You know, you can give someone $1 million and it will still not mean much to him. You have actually worried the person. There are people who won lotteries, okay? And they, they, after some years, they spoke against the lotteries. But they made their lives miserable because they won the, the, the lottery. Haven't you heard some before? They were suing the lottery for making their lives miserable. Yeah, just two years ago, I had some, a UK, someone from the UK talking about that. Yeah, on BBC. She won one million pounds. And the one million pounds caused her to become terrible. She, she, she got stuck on drugs because there was money to buy drugs. Prior to that, she didn't have any money, so she didn't even think about drugs. But now she had money to buy cocaine, so she, she was suing them for messing her life up. Yes. Oh, yes. It's a true story. You, it's on BBC. You can type it. You'll find. They keep data, so you can find it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. For whatever is born of God. Overcometh the world. Overcometh the world. Overcometh the world. Overcometh the world. The word overcometh is the Greek word nikao. N-I-K-A-O. Nikao. Hallelujah. And it means to have the victory. To take a deposit of the victory. Do you see? So the one who is born of God has the victory and has taken charge of the victory and is celebrating his victory. Hallelujah. Then he says, and this, this, this particular thing is the victory. Amazing, the word victory there is Nikkei. From where we get the word Nikau. Eh? The Greek is Nike, N-I-K-E, with a, with a dash on the E, like Nike, the shoe Nike. And it means victory. From there, that's the origins of the word nikao, which means overcometh. Do you understand? So he says, so the next thing can be read this way. And this is the means. The word nikai means the means to victory. The mean, let's read the message. I'm sure the message, I think the message explains a little bit. Every God-begotten person conquers the world's ways. The conquering power that brings the world to its knees is our faith. It says the conquering power. So the word conquering power is actually victory. Conquering power that brings the world to its knees is our faith. So the, the element that causes you to live a life of success, which God has actually promised, and not promised. It's, it's not a promise. I, I'm sorry for saying a promise. It's the life that God has given to us to live. Actually, in the New Testament, there's no promise. All the promises have been fulfilled. You read in the New Testament, you don't see... If, I'm not talking about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. When we say New Testament, you're talking about after the resurrection of Christ. All the communication after the resurrection of Christ has nothing to do with the promise. That you have a promise of prospering, you have a promise of... There's nothing like that. Everything that you can mention is actually a statement of fact, a statement of reality, what you have been made. Now, walk in it, live it, live it out. Enjoy it. If I gave you two million dollars, what will you do? You will start enjoying it, isn't it? So God says, I've given you two million dollars. Start enjoying it. The means, the power to enjoy it is something called faith. Pistis. Faith. Faith. Say faith. 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 
What is faith? I believe. Is English of this verse. Let me read it to them. This is how we can refuse to live like people of this world. It is by believing in Jesus Christ. Simple as ABCD. Simple. Because real faith is actually believing. They asked Jesus, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? He told them, believe in the one whom the, 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 the Father has sent. That's all. Can you hear what I'm saying? How many of you understand what I'm saying? So you, you are a package of, you are a package of God's blessing. There's nothing that is outside that is supposed to be inside. All of God, how can God have need? If you understand what I said on Sunday, you should understand what I'm saying. How can God have need? But the means of living a life without need is called faith. The power, the conquering power. Okay? It's faith. What is faith? That's a million dollar question, isn't it? Hallelujah. Is that the million dollar question? Faith. 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 We exercise faith in everything. In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7, Paul, you see, Paul was having a discourse concerning uh, resurrections and the new body and all that. He got to verse, verse 7 and says, For we walk by faith. We live by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. You remember, walk in the spirit or walk after the spirit or walk after the flesh. The way to walk after the spirit is to walk by faith. Are you listening to me? How many of you understand what I'm saying? Am I helping you in any way? Or I'm confusing you? Okay. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith. Let's look at the Amplified. For we walk by faith, we regulate our lives. And conduct ourselves. We regulate our lives and conduct ourselves by our conviction of belief, respecting man's relationship to God and divine things, with trust and holy favor. Thus, we walk not by sight or appearance. We don't walk by appearance or by sight. By what is happening around us. Message. Let's read the message. It's what we trust in, but don't yet see that keeps us going. Hey, it's a message. It's a message. So because you trust in it, no matter what is happening around you, it's nothing to you. I'm going forward. Even if everything around you says you are not going forward, you say I'm going forward. Why are you saying, why are you going You are going forward because of what God has said. And God cannot be a lie. Your situation is a lie. <laughs> Between your situation and your circumstance and God, who, who, is, who can be true? No, haven't you seen people's conditions changing? Haven't you seen people's conditions change? People, things change and you realize that what they were experiencing before is actually, it's like, it's, it's, it's a lie. They remember and laugh. They remember and laugh. Now, faith is an assurance of what God has said. Therefore, no matter what is happening around you, makes no difference. What you are seeing, what, what makes, it doesn't destroy your joy, it doesn't, destroy, it doesn't cause you to, it doesn't change your emotions anyway, in any way. You understand? Of course, faith can be weak. Or faith can be strong. 
We know that. Faith can be little or faith can be great. The difference between us are our the strength of our faith, the weakness of our faith, the littleness of our faith, or the greatness of our faith. That is the only difference between children of God. The children of God, it's not a matter of not having faith. We all have faith. Everybody has been given faith. Everybody has been. Because that's the only means of enjoying the victory. It's the only means of enjoying that. It's the only means. Okay. Um, I, I like mentioning $1 million because this year God is giving me $1 million. Hallelujah. So I've decided to let it be my example. That's why I always mention it. God gave you $1 million. And it's in a room. A dark room. And it gives you light. This light is a means for enjoying the $1 million. Because if the light is off, you wouldn't know what you are picking. You wouldn't be able to have access to it. So he puts light on that. The light is on. You can have access to the money and do whatever you want to do. You take $10,000 and you spend it. When you are coming back, you realize that the light is off. What do you have to do? Do you have to call back to God and say, God, wh- why? Why haven't you given me? Wh- where's the money? Is that what you have to do? You have to put the light back on, isn't it? Your light can either be dim, off, on, strong, whatever. It's dependent on you. And building your faith is actually an individual thing. Yeah. I'll never fail in my life. I'll keep going higher and higher and higher and higher. Listen, I'm, I'm serious. I'm not joking with you. I'm not joking with you. Watch me. Watch me. Just watch me. Just watch me. Just watch me. For instance, you see, I've just been telling you how that the Holy Spirit is inside. So in my prayer, I don't ask the Holy Spirit. I don't ask for the Holy Spirit. That, those are stupid prayers, actually. Prayer is not prayer until you are praying right. You can be praying and praying the wrong. That's why a lot of Christians are praying and they are not getting results. You are praying and praying, but the content of your prayer is not correct. You are asking a miss. It's not correct. Therefore, you cannot be answered. You, 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 you cannot have access to, to solutions. Because you are not praying right. How can you be praying for the Holy Ghost? Sometimes we sing it in our songs. We sing it in our songs. And we, we don't know that it drops us of faith. It drops us, but we don't know. We just sing. Very, whole, what's, that, what's that song? You know the songs I'm talking about. Jesus is passing this way. <laughs> it's one of them. There are songs you can sing for babes, but brother, we can go for a conference, a, conv- a, a crusade, and sing that for those in the crusade, not for ourselves. To help their faith. But you don't sing it as a worship song in church. What are you talking about? Jesus is Someone said, Jesus standing at the corner. Jesus standing at the corner. Corner. Singing hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Jesus standing at the corner. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Where did he go? Where did the Holy Ghost go from you? 
and which route is he going to use to come back into you? Where did he go? Where did he go? Oh, there are songs. You know what I'm talking about? Songs that... It robs us of the word of God. You'll be robbed. So you see, you will always be thinking that there's he's gonna there's something has to be poured on you. Meanwhile, that he's inside. He's all he's sitting there wondering what's wrong with you. Where should I from where should I pour it on you? When I pour it to pour it inside you. Stay at the gift of God, Hallelujah. which is in you by the laying on of my hands. Yeah, he's inside, he's not outside, he's inside. I don't ask. I don't ask for help from somewhere. Listen, I've, I've told you. I don't. I, I don't want to be a preacher who preaches and does not believe what he's preaching. So I, I've chosen. It's a choice I've made. You are perfect. You can preach and you will not believe. You are preaching because someone else has preached it, and you like the effect that the person got when the person was preaching it. So you also pick the same thing and come and preach it, hoping that you will get the same result. It doesn't work like that. It's either you believe it or you don't believe it. It's finished. You must get to that place where you make a decision. I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe in what God has said. I believe it. You have to get to that place. Make a decision for yourself. That is when you start seeing changes for yourself. Where is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit. I've read so many scriptures to you today. He says, don't you know, don't you know that the, the Holy Spirit is in you? Don't you know that the Holy Spirit is in you? Don't you know that he is in you? He's in you as the helper. I don't lack help. You see, I used, to, I used to look for comfort from people. You know, being a pastor is actually a lonely life. Do you know that? Being a pastor is lonely. There are some things you can't say. You just can't say. You can't say to your wife. You can't say to your husband. You can't say to anybody. You must keep it to yourself. Very, it can be very lonely. Not that you don't want to say, but you are instructed from within not to say. You understand? Yeah. You can't say. You can't talk about it. If you talk about it, it becomes a problem. Yeah. You talk about it, it becomes a problem. You are instructed to shut up. There's only one person who can comfort you. Comfort, real comfort. You see, and if you are not careful, because you are not getting comfort from anybody, you will seek it in the wrong places. You seek it in the room. I know a preacher who, very powerful preacher, but he was sleeping with prostitutes. Because of comfort. 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 He had forgotten the Holy Spirit was inside. And that the Holy Spirit is inside as a comforter. So he was seeking comfort from many places. It's been shown that most of the addictions that people have are as a result of rejection. Why, why reje- rejection? Because they don't feel accepted. They, f- they don't feel loved. Like there's a deficit in, in, the, 
in the sense of belongingness, in the, in the sense of the selfishness is there. You get it? It's like, this is body, I'm not thinking about me, only me every time. So, in your private moments, you are pushed to do something foolish. And in that foolish thing, either smoking or womanizing or masturbating or something, that brings you comfort for some few seconds. After some few minutes or hours, the whole process starts again until you high up again on that thing, and then it goes and then you high up again on that thing, thinking that this is the last high. But it never ends. It keeps going. The solution is in, is, is, is in you knowing that you have help and knowing that you have comfort within. Believe in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in me. He's my comforter. I can never be discouraged in my life. I'm accepted in the beloved. I'm beloved of God. I'm loved. Even if no human being loves me. Even if nobody thinks about me. Even if nobody says anything positive about me. I believe in what God has said. The Holy Spirit is inside. He's my comforter. And you can pray yourself into comfort. Enjoy the comfort of the Holy Spirit right where you are. You speak in tongues thinking on the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Paul said that we're comforted beyond measure. Yeah, even in the face of death, we're comforted. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yeah, you always be looking for things outside. You always be looking, looking, looking. You will not even know what you're even looking for. You'll be on a wild goose chase. Wild goose chase. There are men who are married, but don't think that their wives are their wives care about them. That's why they keep sleeping with people all over the place. And they are never satisfied. It never is a wild goose chase. They are on an adventure that that's an unending adventure. Thinking it is with this lady because this lady's face is some way, her boobs are some way, her bottoms are some way. It's like this one will be the one that will satisfy me and cause me to be fine. But you finish, you realize that. And you go to the next one until you get HIV and die. Yes. You get HIV and die. Until you are disgraced. You go and sleep with someone's wife, the person has spoken something up on the on the thing. <laughs> While the wife was sleeping, he took powder and then anybody who sleeps with you, it will car. It will lock. And then you come. With your face like Jackie Chan. You come like that. Freedom. You come to enjoy. You sleep on her and you're unable to stand up again. Until the man comes to come and hit your waist like this. And by the time he's coming, everybody is there. TV3 has come. GH1 has come. Xylophone media has come. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. See, I choose to walk in the spirit. Yeah. Faith. 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 Yeah. Faith. I can have a Holy Ghost party all by myself. Kilos kastabayaba. You see, I'm not just speaking in tongues. I've shown you how to speak in tongues. You're speaking in tongues. You're thinking on some things. Think on some things. Or else you don't get any benefit. You think on what the Holy Spirit is. Ah, you are my helper. Kizos tafalagashadabaya. I do not lack help. 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 I have help. Do you understand help? Do, do you need help in your life? Do you need help in your life? What are some of the areas you need? One, you know one needs help. I'm not saying you in particular. I'm just saying in general. What? Academics. 
academics. You need help in your don't you need help in your academics? Are you sure? Okay. What other area do you know of? Money. You need you need help with money. You need help with money. You need how can the help with money come to you? Naturally speaking, when someone gives you some money, right? Someone gives you some money. You'll be there out of the blue. Someone comes and gives you one million dollars. <laughs> so I can give you one million dollars, isn't it? What else do you need help in? Work. You need help to find a job, or you need help to get the job done. Well, this job is so much. You need help to get it done. That's why you can call your colleague. Charlie, I didn't hear help. Charlie, I didn't hear help. Maybe you can. Maybe you can. See, maybe you can help me. In it. You need help in various things. In what? Ministry. You need help in ministry. People to help you to get things done, isn't it? What else do you need help along? What, which other line? Your health. You need help. That's why you get, you get uh, uh, some drugs to help you, isn't it? You realize that the malaria is hitting you, is beating you black and blue. You need some, something to help you to recover. The Holy Spirit is all of that help put together in one. Did you hear what I said? It's all of that help. So when I need money, what do I do? My first point is not to start asking. That's not my first point. My first point is to start asking the Holy Spirit. You are my helper. I need help. I need help. Help me. Help me. And he'll start giving you ideas. He'll start showing you what to do. First thing, I need help. Help problems. What do I do? I need help. I need help. The Holy Spirit, I'm not feeling too good. Your temple is not feeling too good, though. I need help. I need help with my health. And as you pray, the Holy Spirit will help you. Hallelujah. Help. He's the helper. He's better than human beings. He's way better than human beings. And the more you pray, like so you don't pray... Give me help, give me help, give me You pray acknowledging the Holy Spirit. How do you acknowledge the Holy Spirit? You acknowledge the Holy Spirit by acknowledging what He is in your life. As the Word of God has said. That's faith. That's what, that's faith. That's faith. It, the Bible says that He's our helper. Do you get it? In John chapter 14, verse 16, Jesus said that, I will not leave you comfortless. Hmm? I will pray the Father and He shall give you another comfort that He may abide with you forever. Look at the Amplified. The Amplified explains it very well. And I'll ask the Father, and let's read from verse 15. I think verse 15 says it very well. If you really love me, you will keep, my, keep obeying my commandments. Next verse. And I'll ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter. Another comforter. Another comforter. Another counselor. He's a comforter, he's a counselor. He can counsel you concerning matters that you are facing. Issues that are going on, he can counsel you. You see. So you acknowledge his ministry. You are my counselor. I receive counsel right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, dear Holy Spirit, that you are my counselor. I receive counsel. I receive counsel concerning this matter. I receive counsel concerning. And you will never go wrong. It's perfect. You can never go wrong. You can never go wrong. Sometimes something will happen, and I have to someone, Pastor, this is happening. So yesterday, last night, someone called me. Pastor, I have a very serious tummy problem. I don't know what I'm going to do. Just when the person said it, in me, I started speaking in tongues and requesting for counsel from the Holy Spirit. 
the Holy Spirit, my counselor, what do I do in this case? The Holy Spirit said, tell her to get water and pray over it. She's fine now, can you imagine? It's fine now. It should have been a hospital case, a problem, very serious, whatever. But it didn't end up like that because I got counsel from within. I got counsel from within. So get, tell her to get water. Pray over it for her. He didn't even tell me the content of the prayer. He said, just pray over it. The person will be fine. Hallelujah. He that is born of God, whatsoever, whatsoever. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. This is the power that overcometh the world, even our faith. What causes you to enjoy a life full of joy, full of glory, victory on endless, is your faith. I'll talk about faith next time, in Jesus' name. Rise up on your feet and let's pray and thank God for what you have shared with us. God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at christworldinc.com. God bless you.